I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, welcome to Horse Hour. I'm Amy Stevenson. Today we're joined by a very brave guest. Her name's Gemma Taylor and she works at the Blue Cross. But today she's sharing her own personal story of the moment she had to choose to put her horse down. It's a heartbreaking decision and when we buy our horses, we don't think of the inevitable. How are we going to deal with that pain? How did she deal with that pain? Gemma kindly shares what she went through in the hope that if you're going through it, this might help. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. Uh, We're welcoming back a guest today who has given us lots of education in the past. Her name is Gemma and she works for the Blue Cross Centres. And today she's kind enough to share her own story of losing her horse. Gemma, how are you? Hello, I'm really well, thank you. It's very brave of you to come on and talk about your own story and especially something that affects many of us at some point. And so, so I'm really grateful, thank you. Can you can you start from the beginning and tell us about your horse when you bought him? Yeah, so I I really wanted to sort of tell the story um, because I just think it's really important for people to know that you know everyone can make mistakes. So I'm an education officer at the Blue Cross, and maybe I didn't pick the right time to um, euthanize my horse. Um, but I've had my I had my horse Magic for wow well, ever since I was 21, and um, she actually passed away when I was 38. So I had her for years. Um, she was actually 39 years old when she passed away wow. as well. So um, amazing, amazing age. Um, she was sort of like my best mate as well as a horse. We used to sort of hang out together. And especially in her older years, I just spent a lot more time looking after her. Um, she had had two foals in previous homes, which the vet thought that made her uterus quite weak mm. and her uh, bladder was weak as well. So she would constantly urinate all down her legs. That so meant that I would wash them, dry them, cream them up so that the urine didn't burn her. So I think you know, I even sort of built a stronger bond with her in in the last days, really, when she was older, just taking a lot more time and effort and care over her health, which was a little bit harder, I think, when, when I lost her. I think the hardest thing is knowing when to make that decision. When is it best for your horse? Whenever you make that decision, it's going to affect you. Like you said, she she's your best friend. But on top of that, I think some people say, well, it's okay because she's older. So she lasted a long time, longer than normal. But that's not going to make any difference to how you no. feel. The idea is that we want them to live as long as possible. Yeah, no, definitely. And I remember uh, my boyfriend saying at the time, oh, you know, she's had loads of nice years. She's 39. But that, that doesn't really make you feel any better. Um, I think you go through lots of stages as well of grief because essentially when you're making the decision for your horse to be put to sleep, you go through the whole um 
you know, who am I to take a life from an animal away? Even though you know you're making the right decision, mm. you still have that guilt, I suppose, that you're a murderer, essentially. Um, but then, you know, you have a little think about it. You think, no, it, it was the best thing from a welfare point of view. I know with magic, I didn't have any other option. Um, that option was sort of taken away from me, essentially. But I've had other horses where I've had to make that decision on their quality of life. And, you know, it's really difficult. And I think each situation is different with every single horse. And I think it's important for people to know that everyone feels the same you know it's normal to go through those stages of, of grief guilt um remembering the fond memories everything really i guess the hardest thing is knowing at what point do we know it's for the good of the horse and the welfare of the horse and less on the expense for looking after the horse like i i, I know someone at the moment that she has a 27 year old horse He's really struggling. Um, he's old. He's got arthritis. He's on two beauty a day. Um, he's feeding, having to feed him loads every day to keep weight on him. And she was going to make the decision last winter to put him to sleep, but couldn't do it. So she said, I'll, I'll take him through another summer, but I don't want him to go through that pain at the winter, a winter again, through a yeah. winter again. But it's a, a, at what point do we make that decision? It's so difficult. I think that that is the hardest thing. And for me, with, with my horse, you know, I mean, the story went, she was completely happy. Although she was old, she was still hacking out occasionally. She didn't have a day's lameness in her life. Um, one day, I got a call from a neighbor while I was at work saying, you need to come home right now. Your horse is down. I can't get her up. Um went straight back and called the vet out and the vet actually thought she was exhausted because she had got her leg caught through the belly strap of the mm. rug so of course you sort of give them the benefit of the doubt because you want them to be okay so I was like oh you know yeah maybe it was because because she was tired um she seemed okay that night for an, another couple of weeks she seemed absolutely fine and then uh one day, it was really hot actually, and I just climbed over the gate and I couldn't see her anywhere and I saw her field companions. And then I saw this little head just bobbing over the, the stinging nettles. And I knew, you know, you just know instantly that something isn't right. Mm. And she whinnied at me and I sort of shouted at her, magic, it's okay, I'm coming. Ran over and she um, was lying on the floor she um, had been to the loo, obviously. She was hungry. There was flies around her. It was really hot, so she hadn't been able to have a drink. And the guilt that I felt, because I didn't know how long she had been there for, you know, it was scorching hot that day. Um, and I just thought, I suppose I, I beat myself up a little bit. I thought maybe I should have done this a few weeks before when she was down before and the vet came out. But I suppose I just thought it was the rug at the time. So then I felt... I suppose, enormous guilt that I left her essentially to suffer and I haven't made the right choice at the right time. Um, and I think it's very hard when you see a horse every day that you've known for years. It's so, so hard to make, I suppose, make the timing right of that point where they don't suffer anymore mm. um, without you feeling the guilt as well. It's a very hard decision. I think, you know, I think it's really important to have those honest conversations with the vet and say, you know, I, I want what's right with my horse. Don't be afraid to tell me when you think the time's right if you don't want to make that decision 
yourself on your own mm. it's so much easier isn't it when the vets take it out of your hands and, and they almost make Definitely. the decision for you but most of the yeah. time they can't make the decision for you because it's it's either old age or yeah. if they hurt themselves um in a, in a really horrible way if they hurt themselves and you have no choice it's painful um, yeah. but you then don't have the guilt to live with I can only imagine how awful it must have been for you knowing that she's in pain just like little George you know you know that he's struggling but at what point do you then say enough's enough because he could go on for another three years but is it right are we right to let him go on for another three years struggling I think um, I mean I know Blue Cross sort of try and monitor it so they look at the general health of what's going on with the horse you know has it got any pre-existing conditions has it got lameness arthritis is it what degree of pain is it in we then look at their behavior you know are they acting in any different way than normal so are they looking a little bit depressed because maybe they're in pain so they're not they're not able to play with their field companions. They're not able to express that normal behaviour. And I think that's a real telltale sign, actually, of, of things, I suppose, getting worse. Um, also, you know, are they able to eat? Are they able to have a normal diet? Or are we chucking in loads of food just to keep that weight on? Um, and can they live in a normal environment? Are they happy in that environment? And I think when you look at those sort of five things all together, it allows you to get a bit of a better picture overall of what's right for that horse. Mm. And I, I really admire the people that can say, you know, before there's any suffering involved, time's right to do it now before any suffering happens. Because I think it's it's an enormous decision, a very brave decision of people to be able to make. And it's it's honorable really that that they can do that so I think maybe talking to friends as well because when you see your horse every single day you don't necessarily see it going downhill because that's normal to you essentially but maybe a friend that hasn't seen your horse for two three months can pop down and just say actually you know it has deteriorated and um, and maybe you know it's it's time now so I think talking is very important to get people's opinions maybe that would be so lovely but that would be so lovely but I don't think I could be the one to tell my friend that it's the time because oh it's it's, whatever you do Gemma I keep saying it's really hard and it's really difficult but I, I just feel I I wouldn't want that responsibility because I wouldn't want them to always blame me. I mean, if the horse was on its knees and, you know, really, really, it really was the best decision there and then, then that's a bit different. But but maybe you could say, you know, it has gone downhill a little bit. Maybe Mm. you ought to call the vet in and then have that honest conversation with the vet and hopefully then it's taken out of your hands and they can say you know what I think the best decision is to have it put to sleep and I think it's a very brave thing to do and a very hard thing to do but I think we all need to be a little bit better about it including myself because obviously I wanted to talk about my experience how it made me feel and I suppose how still today I live with a little bit of guilt of not getting that time right and I didn't do what I promised I would always do and that's to look after her and and make the right decisions for her welfare so I think yeah doing it again I think I would look a lot more objectively um 
and I would try and I suppose dissociate myself because I think when the love comes in there and when your feelings come in there, that can very easily sway your decisions. Mm. Oh, but Gemma, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And, I know. And it I sounds know. to me like you did do the best for her and it was the right decision at the right time. Um yeah, I mean, I still live with the guilt because obviously that day when I found her, she had actually gone down. The vet thinks that she was paralysed, which is why she couldn't get up. We, um, Me and my dad actually tried to get her up a few times. I remember my dad going, come on, Magic, this is your last chance. You need to get up. And I was, it was heartbreaking. Um, but when the vet actually got there, um, straight away, he just said, you know, she needs to be put to sleep. And even when we put her to sleep, she she still fought it because mm-hmm. she, in her head, she was absolutely fine. Um, and I think that's really distressing. And it's something that I wanted to talk openly about to allow people to know that, you know, things will go wrong and you will get the timing wrong. But actually you know you're you're only trying for the good of the horse essentially Mm, and you're going to feel guilt and you're going to feel sadness but you can only learn by your experiences and I think it's really important I talk about my experiences just so that people are aware so that people can I suppose find the process maybe a little bit easier well they can understand how you feel I know know a lovely lady who recently sent me a message saying it's been a year since she had to make that decision for her horse Mm -hmm. and she still can't get over it um and I don't know if you ever really get over it In in a in a very odd kind of different but almost similar way I very nearly had to put blackjack down and he was four. And they yeah. said, um, many of you that listen to this podcast will, will know his story. But um, they said that his body will never heal. He'll never be able to be ridden again. And so I went through the emotions of losing him and having to make that decision. As it stands, I was very lucky because I did have an alternative option, which was to retire him and see how he went and monitor him. Yeah. And so that's that's the decision that I made. But for those three days of when I thought I was going to lose him, I was heartbroken. And I was even more heartbroken at the fact that I had to do it. Yeah, it, it's it's hard. But I think, you know, if, if we're going to have animals, I suppose that's our duty and that's our decision and and we have to realize that we have to make those decisions eventually um with some of them where it's not taken out of our hands and I think it's probably one of the hardest things you ever go through Mm. and I think you never stop beating yourself up about decisions that you've made or or things that you've done um because you never really know. And that's the hardest no. thing with horses. They can't actually talk to us. So no. as, as, as much as Vicky is having um, guilt a year on for making that decision, I have guilt for a year on for not knowing if it was the right decision. And is he still in pain now? And is, was it the right decision? And, and we're humans and we're, we're emotional. Um, yes. And it's, I, I, I don't even know how you live with the guilt. Um, I, I, do you do you just take it day by day? How did you deal with it? Okay, so I'm really fortunate enough to work in the same office as our pet bereavement support service. Um, they do an absolutely fantastic job. It's, it's um, manned by qualified volunteers. Uh, they're a counselling service, so they sit and they listen to you. Um, 
I think most of the people that ring up do have that guilt. They do go through different stages. There's different stages of grieving as well. So you might feel guilt. You might feel anger. Um, you might feel total devastation and, and loss, especially with a horse. You know, it, it's a big thing to lose. And it's not only your friend and a pet, but it can be sometimes a lifestyle as well. You know, you're not getting up early in the morning and going to muck them out. You suddenly you've got loads of time on your hands mm. you know you've got all the tack that you need to sort out you know are you going to keep it or are you going to sell it on or, or what's going to happen so there's so many different things I suppose knock-on effects from losing a horse more than I suppose a lot of other animals mm. and there's um, the are you there's always the thoughts are you being judged you know no, does anybody uh, one person said to me once, I can't really talk to anybody about it because they don't really understand. I feel a little bit silly for still being upset. And you don't need to feel silly because everybody grieves in their own way. And they are, like you say, a huge part of your life for so long. They are part of the family. And I think it's so important to talk to other people other horse owners when you're going through De this rather than definitely. people that are not going to be able to understand the uh, the relationship that you had most of our volunteers are people that have experienced loss themselves so they do know um, where you're coming from they understand what emotions you're going to be going through you don't have to necessarily talk to them on the phone we run an email a free email service as well um also, you know, me talking to my friends really helped because I know my friends like to tell me funny stories about the horse. So that mm -hmm. would cheer me up remembering the good times rather than, you know, the ending of it. Or, But I think it's really important to talk because um, if you just sit there worrying about it, thinking about all, all the bad things that have happened in the last moments, I think you lose sight of all the good times that you've had. And you have to rely upon those people to talk you through it and tell you that actually what you're going through is completely normal mm. it's absolutely normal and you know it's going to take time and will you ever get over that I don't know but I think the harshness fades and you remember the better memories because that's just how we cope as humans but um yeah no I definitely recommend talking I know they were they were fab you know we sat and we giggled about good times and what happened and when I fell off or um you know random things that actually yeah you can start I suppose building on nice memories and I also um I've lost about four horses actually all through old age oh. over the last four or five years so I personally and some people don't like doing this but I kept little bits of like little lockets of tails yeah. And because all my horses are friends and they all live together, I'm going to get them all sort of woven together into a bracelet so that I have that memory of them all being together in a in a bracelet that I can keep with me always. So, you know, things like that might work for certain people, little memory boxes, um, you know, any way, I think, to help you cope with the situation. So just do what's right for you at the time. I think one of the other emotions is... In a way, you're, you're lucky that your horses were with you for such a long time. Yeah. And through yeah. to old age. And many people have to make that decision when their horses are still young. So one of yeah. the emotions is what they've lost in the future. So I'm never going to be able to jump in like that. I'm never going to be able to. We should be going out and doing cross country. And it's also not only a loss of the horse, but a loss of their dream and of their future and what they could have done together. Definitely. And I, I think that's probably, 
you know, the saddest is, is losing a young horse, you know, because you can see that bright future ahead of you. And I just think that's that's really, really tragic, at least when they're old. It's sort of inevitable, isn't it? That that's going to happen at some point. Mm. Um, you know, we, we see a lot of welfare horses that come through our doors, often very young. Um, and sometimes we can't save them as much as we can try. You know, they've, they're too far gone and they've got conditions that we can't save. And it's part of life. And it's really. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Really, really tough. And I think it always hits you harder when it's a youngster rather than something a little bit older. And um, what's so interesting with you, Gemma, is that you, you are faced with this every day with your job and what you do. And and it's it just goes to show that it affects everybody in a really big way. So you still feel the pain, you still feel the hurt. And I don't want you to go through that. I don't want anybody to go through that because it's horrific. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that we don't work with horses all the time. And it's okay for us to feel that pain and, and guilt and upset and anger and frustration and, and confusion for a long time of not knowing how to handle it. Yeah, it's it's totally okay to feel like that, you know. Although, yes, I have dealt with it, you know, on a, on a regular basis and working in welfare, I suddenly found it was completely different with my horses at home mm. because I could make those, essentially, those really tough decisions at work with the, the support network of our vets, of our clinical staff, of our grooms. And I could see that that was definitely right for the horse in a work environment totally right um because i could detach myself from my feelings a little bit mm. but when you have to make that decision with your own horse that you see twice a day all day some days um it's totally different and it's really bizarre that you have totally different emotions and you can't necessarily make those judgment calls as easily because you're almost too emotionally involved mm. Do you know what I mean? It's so much harder to to make those right decisions. 
a long time ago I had to I had a dog and I know it's not a horse but it was he was my pet and I loved him he was my first dog and the decision had to be made to put him to sleep and I just couldn't bring myself to it um I actually made my dad and I feel so bad for him now because he was the one that had to make the decision it was right for the dog um I knew it was right but couldn't bring myself to take him to the vet and to do it and every day that was 11 years ago every day I think about that dog and I think about how guilty I feel and was it the right decision and because with him there was nothing wrong with him um it physically but mentally he had serious aggression issues Mm, and he bit and he bit and he bit and he bit and uh, I couldn't trust him around children. I, he bit me. I couldn't trust him around me. And I spoke to every expert under the sun on breeding, on his breeding, on veterinary advice. And they all said the same thing. He He's not right in the head and he's inbred and, and this is the decision. Um, but my point, I guess, is... Is there family around you at that point if you're not strong enough? Because you do have to be so strong. And like you said, you're so brave to do that and to make that decision. And not everybody is that strong. Is there family around you that can almost take that away from you? Yeah, I I think it's definitely worth speaking to people because I know that, um, you know, my parents, I've been in a very similar situation to you, actually, with one of my dogs. And although I can I can be around it at work sometimes with my pets Mm. I can't do it either and I remember sending my mum to put my dog to sleep and I still feel guilt that I wasn't there in her in her last moments so that she didn't see me and I wasn't sort of making sure that she was okay I still feel that guilt now but I couldn't physically be there because I knew that I would be in tears and actually upset her more. So I think it's really important to just do what you feel is right in that situation because only you will know. Um, You know, everybody deals with it differently. It's worth asking family to help you out as well. It's worth asking friends as well to help you out with those decisions or even being there when, when euthanasia is done. There's not one way to deal with it, so I can't advise you know on how to deal with it because it's so individual to the circumstances to the person and I think the only thing you can do is just talk about it afterwards as soon as you're able to you know discuss your feelings don't be shy about discussing your feelings everybody goes through the same emotions um and and it's good to talk and it's good to share memories and and do what feel you feel is right for you totally agree it's the judging though you worry that people are going to judge you for making that decision even now i think i don't tell many people because i think oh gosh they'll think oh it could have been trained out of him or you know and it and it's exactly the same with horses that you worry i think of other people's perceptions and and what they're going to think but I suppose if we're all probably thinking that we're gonna get judged so everyone is shying possibly away from situations or possibly away from talking about their feelings because everybody's in the same boat and everybody's worried about being judged Mm. and actually I think if we're all honest with each other and we're all open with feelings as hard as it is I think it becomes less of a taboo and actually, because it becomes less of a taboo, I think people are more likely to make the right decisions for their animals so that less suffering happens in the long term. Yes, 
Totally, totally agree. Um, Gemma, for you, at what point did you then decide that you could get another horse and that you could get back into it? Okay, well, I didn't actually get another horse because she was, um, I, I still had a companion for her, which is mine. And I actually lost um, two horses last year. So I lost one little miniature Shetland that I'd had for years. And he was a chronic laminitic. Um, he was found in a scrapyard. Um, work took him in. I decided he was so adorable, I would take him home. Mm-hmm. But he was a, a chronic laminitic. And um, although I managed it very well, his tendons started to contract just because he'd had it so much in the past that at that point I planned the euthanasia um and I'd planned it for like a week afterwards and I have to say on the run-up to it really really hard because I wanted to spend as much time with him I didn't know how to say goodbye I was feeling the guilt um once it had happened I totally 100% knew that I'd done the right thing for him because you know he had been in pain in the last couple of weeks um and then I lost another one very suddenly in November and I got down to the field and he wasn't able to move which was really um bizarre for him because he hated the rain like one speck of rain he would leg it into the shelter as fast as he could um and it was on one particular day where it was just torrential rain. He was stood in the field and I knew something wasn't right straight away. Mm. And I made him a bucket and he wouldn't come over. So I called the vet straight away and the vet came out and we tried to move him. And he really panicked when we tried to move him. We we suspected that he may have broken his neck or something. Oh but um, they gave him some pain relief. And for about three days, he was absolutely fine so I thought oh thank goodness you know we tried the pain relief and the muscle relaxants it it must have been something you know nerve course or something um but the following Monday he did exactly the same and um whilst waiting for that he actually coughed and a lot of blood came out so that was the decision totally made for me mm. that as soon as the vet arrived, we would put him to sleep. Um, and I actually had got a little youngster from work to keep him company. But I did say, you know, as soon as I lose him, she will have to come back because I can't keep on getting friends for friends. Um, so she came back and she's now been backed and she's rehomed in a lovely new Blue Cross home. Um, and I'm having a little bit of time out from horses because mm. I've, I've sort of, I suppose, had so much happen over the last four years. I just need a bit of time out. And then I think I'm going to go back into it and maybe foster some horses from the Blue Cross. Aww. So give those really like needed horses a home until they find their forever home. And I can sort of concentrate my skills on confidence building for them and, you know, their first experience with the family and stuff like that. So that's what I'm hoping to do is I've got a couple of fields at home and put a bit of good back into the horse industry, I suppose. That's a lovely idea. And that's good for your mental state as well. You know, you're not yeah. rushing into getting another horse because a question I often get asked is at what point should I be going and buying another horse and I don't feel that I can bond with another horse and um, when I went through the the few days with Blackjack I couldn't even consider getting another horse there was absolutely no way and some people are saying months down the line I still don't feel ready but that's okay I think sometimes it's um I think a nice little stepping stone is just sharing someone else's horse and you don't have that you don't have that attachment straight away Um, and it gives you a chance that if you don't bond with it 
it's never going to be the same as your mm-hmm. horse. But if you don't bond with it, it gets you into riding, still in the environment. You don't, you're not missing out, and almost like take those stepping stones as a first rider again into Definitely. having a horse yeah. yourself. Well, you know, you could even um, volunteer for a charity. So you've got the hands-on mm. sort of grooming and, and petting of the horse without having the responsibility necessarily of having another one at home and it might be that you totally fall in love with one of the horses you're working with at the charity and you take it home that's sort of a a way to do it essentially but for me all my horses have sort of ended up with me um it's always been it's meant to be do you know what I mean I've just (laughs) been in the right time at the right place fallen in love with them and they've come home with me so I'm just waiting for that right time and right horse to come up again I think there's no rush for me you know I'm enjoying a bit of time out I'm enjoying the lay-ins just (laughs) just for a few months because I've always had horses all my life so I'm just gonna have a little bit of time off and then yeah I'll probably foster at first until that special one comes along that pulls on my heartstrings again <laughs> I think you're really sensible Gemma and whatever we say is never going to take it away and take that what everybody goes through when you have to make that decision and I think it's so important that you make that decision yourself and you you do learn you will learn to cope with it and I don't know if you'll ever get over it I don't think I'd ever get over it no, I don't no. think I'd ever get over the loss um Maybe I maybe you can come to terms with making the decision, but I don't think you ever get over the loss. No, and I think yeah, however totally you agree. deal with it is is okay and it's right and it's normal and you're not crazy and you're not losing the plot and you know you're you're not having a breakdown. This is all perfectly normal. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. I think you know losing an animal is like losing a member of your family essentially and I think you know you have to realize that because they've been such a big part of your life and you invested so much time love and energy into it Mm. you are going to feel that loss and it's going to affect everybody completely differently and we can't foresee how it's going to affect us either I mean you get some people that go it's only a horse are you kidding me we spend more time with our horses than we do our partners yeah you know (laughs) Well, totally agree. No, no doubt we'd want our horse carrying the rings at the wedding. You know, they are <laughs> they are our lives. But um, you're incredibly brave for not only have you been through so much the last four years, but being open enough to, to tell us and share your story. And, um, and I completely commend you for it, Gemma, because it's very, very brave of you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I really wanted to. I, I wrote an article actually for Horse Magazine, which is how this sort of story has come up. Um, and I wanted to put it out there to, I suppose, help horses' welfare in the future mm. for people to make better decisions. Um, and to also highlight that Blue Cross has that support network through our pet bereavement support service as well to you know to be that support after you've made that decision or in fact even before you've made that decision of coming to terms with that decision as as well and I wanted to highlight all those facts I suppose sort of in memory of my horse really sort of doing some good out of something that's happened that's bad it's a lovely idea so we can get that we can read that article in horse magazine and don't you have somebody 
you have uh, someone else has, has added to the article as well, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, so we've got our head of clinical, um, David Catlow, that talks about um, quality of life and how we would measure quality of life at Blue Cross. So just a little bit of information about, you know, how do you monitor the health, behaviour, companionship, diet and environment as well and how we sort of set up, I suppose, I suppose we have to look at it in quite a business-like way, essentially, and it's all broken down so that we can really see what's going on with that horse or that dog or that cat to be able to make those right decisions without emotions getting in the way, which they often can. Mm. You've also got a, a bereavement team who helped you. Have you got the telephone number for them? Because there's yes. things there's things that we don't want to think about when, it, when we're making these decisions. Actually, we have to. So we have to think about what's going to happen to your horse afterwards um what what, how do you go through the process who and and I really don't want to go into that detail on here because it's too heartbreaking um -hmm. but those are decisions that you do have to decide and um and your pet bereavement team can help with that can't they they can talk you through the process what's the telephone number so we have a support line it's open from 8 30 in the morning to 8 30 at night that's 365 days a year as well um, the number is 0800 096 or you can email pbssmail at bluecross.org.uk. And we'll make both of those available on our website, horsehour.co.uk and on Twitter as well. So if you are struggling and, and either you've been through this or you think you might have to go through it, then um, everybody is here to support you and help you because I really don't want you to feel alone. And Gemma, I know that you don't want people to feel alone as well. Because no, no, totally. This yeah. happens a lot. It happens yeah. on a daily basis for someone somewhere, yeah. Um, it's really good to get that support and, and maybe make those plans early as well. Think about it now whilst your horse is healthy of what would you do in an emergency? Because I think that would really help when the decision comes. Um, We also have a pet bereavement um, memorial site as well. So if you have lost an animal and you'd like to make a lovely memorial, you can actually go onto our website and write some few little words about them or what have you, which is quite a nice little gift to leave, I suppose, in in memory of your your loved pet. Mm, That's a really lovely idea. Yeah, because I oh, I know this sounds bad, but for a long time I couldn't have any pictures out. Um, yeah, I felt so bad. So all the pictures went away, and then you know you get the memories up on Facebook, and yeah, at sometimes you're not just your your brain isn't ready to deal with that. But at some point, I knew I wanted to keep the pictures because at some point I'd be okay with looking at them, and yeah. eventually yeah. that came later. Time heals. Yeah. Yeah, time is is the best healer. And I think eventually you remember those lovely memories rather than have that hurt and that guilt. Mm. Um, So, yeah, everyone's different at coping with things differently. Do what's right for you. And I think that's the best advice I can give. Well, Gemma, you're amazing. Incredibly Thank brave. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. We can, um, and the Blue Cross are great as well. You offer so much of advice and, and education. How can we follow the Blue Cross on Twitter? We have at the underscore blue underscore cross. Or you can follow um, me and my team on at Blue Cross edu which is edu and follow the work that we're doing that's wonderful thanks so much Gemma. we'll Lovely. speak to thanks, you soon bye. Okay, bye 
Thanks so much for listening. I hope even a little bit of this episode helps you. If you're looking for support, then the number for the Blue Cross Pet Bereavement Service is 0800 096 6606. They're open from 8.30am to 8.30pm every day. And if you're listening to this from another country, maybe you live in Australia or New Zealand, or you could be listening from America, then you can actually email the Blue Cross Pet Bereavement Service in the UK if you're looking for support. There are services in each of your individual countries, but if you'd need help tonight, then the Blue Cross have said they will open up the lines to you as well. Please feel that you can talk about this. It's okay to talk about it, and whatever you're going through is perfectly normal you don't need me to tell you how heartbreaking it is and I just feel for you so much that you're going through this right now if you're on Twitter then we do have support on Twitter as well just use hashtag horse hour so many of you have been through this I mean if you think of the millions of horses that are out there we're all going to lose them at some point and I certainly hope that The day that I have to say goodbye to Blackjack, I hope that people will be there to support me. So I'm here to support you as well. You can tweet me at amystevenson1, all hours of the night, I don't mind. And uh, Horse Hour is at Horse Hour. Thank you so much for listening to this. I will be doing a Horse Hour live from 8 o'clock Monday night to 9 o'clock. And tonight we're talking pet bereavement, where more people will be sharing stories. If you'd like to share your story, then drop us a direct message or you can email team at at horsehour.co.uk and we can have a chat with you and uh, hear some lovely memories of your horse as well as what you're going through right now. Hope you're okay. I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter Mondays 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at amystevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.